Welcome to the Sports Block Podcast here another week. Uh, Nathan Stack and Travis Crins with you here. As summer rolls on, Travis, the training camps for the NFL are going to be coming up here in a couple weeks. But after last week with the All-Star break for Major League Baseball, uh, just... It's kind of that lull in the sports calendar year. There's just not a whole hell of a lot going on. We're all baseball, sir. There's so much going on. So much. There is. Trades done. Trades are getting done. It's all about the baseball. There is. We'll get to that here. Uh, that's predominantly what we'll be talking about here. Uh there is something that uh, one of our uh, loyal listeners has requested we talk about, so we will be, we will be talking about that here. I don't know how long we'll be talking or discussing it, but we'll br- make a brief mention of it. But let's, I guess, let's just start with Wimbledon. Not, uh, I think this is the first time we've ever talked tennis to start it. But Roger Federer wins Wimbledon. He didn't have a. a a difficult road to go to per se because uh, you know Novak Djokovic got upset and I don't think he had to face Andy Murray and this and that. But Federer wins. He never lost a set in uh, during Wimbledon. Is he the greatest male tennis player that's ever uh, lived? I would say that's a safe assumption. Yes. Eight Wimbledon titles, nineteen Grand Slams. He's probably got uh, one or two more up his sleeve, so he's probably getting to 20. And then you've got Serena Williams on the other side, who you make an argument she's the best women of all time. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a pretty good uh, tennis boom of sorts for great players. But um, as far as U.S. men, there's just nobody out there. for Just tell this. Imagine if Roger Federer was an American. Yeah. How would how would that change things as far as how big of a deal he is? Because he's he's a big deal, but I mean they they talk about him, but then yep. once it's over, it's over, and then we go on to the next thing. Um, just imagine if he was an American, how big it would be. Like like Lance Armstrong, except without sure. the steroids or the or the lost testicle. Uh, I mean, wow, that, wow. There we go. Have no? they found it yet? Have they found it? I, I don't know. I, I can't. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny what's going yeah. on there. But yeah, I mean, Federer, Federer is talked a lot about him and uh, Novak Djokovic, the Joker. Uh, Andy Murray's talked about a lot. Rafael Nadal. But the the one thing they all have in common is they aren't American. Sam Querrey made it to the semifinals, and he's probably the most well known American tennis player. And that's a large stretch because no one knows who the hell he is. I mean, but but that's where we're at on the men's side and on the women's side. At the beginning of the tournament, I knew Serena was going to be out. There's, You don't know who the hell is going to win. Angelique Kerber from Germany. I, I mean, probably not. Who the hell knows who's going to win on the women's side? So I went with a wild card of sorts. I said, I think Venus Williams is going to, to win this tournament. I know there's stuff going on in Florida that uh, she was charged with, uh, you know, uh, homicide, essentially, but th- then a couple days later, uh, the police said, "No, this video, this surveillance video, it's. Uh, I think it makes her, it clears her of any wrongdoing. She had the right of way turning into that uh, that area there, that intersection, and I I don't know if that." how much that helped Venus Williams, but she made it to the finals, and I was I turned it on Saturday morning, first set. She has uh, she has set point. I think she's up like 40 to 15 or something, and she goes on to lose that 
game, and so the set's tied 5-5. She didn't win another set the entire rest of the match. She loses 7-5 first set, 6 nothing second set, and it just seemed like when she wasn't able to put uh, uh, Gerbine Muguruza, I think is what her name is, something like that. Um, we'll, tough one. We'll, we'll, yeah, it is tough. We'll uh, we'll get that here. But it just seemed like when she wasn't able to to put her away in that first set, that it just spelled the end of it. And that's a shame because we were looking at potentially uh, something that I guess we'd never – Expected again, Venus Williams competing and not not only competing but winning a another Grand Slam. Yeah, she probably. I mean, I'm surprised she got to the finals of this one. So I don't think she's going to get uh, to the finals of another one. And if she does, she's probably going to have to face her sister. Yep. But uh, you know, she's 37 years old and she's had. She's got I mean, She was uh, there a little bit before her sister, and then her sister overtook her by quite a bit. But then she's uh, she's had. Depends on what you got, probably eight or ten majors herself. Yep. Uh, I, I would imagine what's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. She's at ten majors. Uh, she's won the Grand Slam. She has five Wimbledons, uh, does have one French Open, so she's got it all. And, um, yeah, she's probably the second best player of the past 20 years next to her sister. Mm-hmm. So, like, unlike, um, like, I'm not watching any of this because I have my, my tennis isn't high on my list, but... Uh, like there's like when I couldn't name one woman player no. um, out there besides well, these two. Yeah, like besides, like, we've heard of Maria Sharapova, but she isn't playing yeah. now because she's hurt or you know drug suspension or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, Garbine Muguruza, I I don't know. I'm sure that's not how you pronounce her last name, but it's Garbine no. M- Muguruza from Spain. So, I mean, yeah. Just and she's what this is her. She won. This is her first major win. She's been to one before. Uh, like on the women's side, I can't even pronounce the names. Let it, let alone tell you who they are. <laughs> on the men's side, I mean the men's side, they've got like four or five legitimate guys. Where you look at uh, every major and you're like, well, yeah, maybe it's, it's probably going to be one of these four guys. It's it's somewhat similar to golf in that golf's got three, four, five guys every major that people are looking at and saying yes. It's probably going to be one of these guys. It never is one of these guys because we've had all these first-time winners, but uh, those four or five guys are always the favorite. You you absolutely led me into what I was going to ask next. Oh, I mean, heavens. golf is like tennis to a degree because it is considered a niche sport. You have your loyal base of followers, but after that... I mean, to try and draw a casual fan and you not only A, need a star, but B, it helps if they are... Uh, winning. Winning, if they're, you know, American. I think, I mean, Serena's dominance is sort of, I would equate it to the UConn women's uh, basketball team. Whenever they're in the fight, I mean, you just expect them to win and not be, you know, not have a real competitive game or match at all. But... I would say tennis is in a worse spot than golf because eventually you know, these young guys or the, the stars on the men's side, Nadal, Federer, uh, Djokovic, Murray, they're all getting older. They're going to be out of the scene here, I would imagine, within the next five years. The women, who's who's coming on that side? I mean, so I think tennis, as much as we've criticized golf, and tennis is probably a step or two below that. But they're in a really tough spot unless someone really starts to pick up some uh, momentum and really plays well, starts winning some matches. Well, 
say, I would say, I don't know, it seems to me like golf is more international, more worldly in that with tennis or with, with golf, you've got quite a few Americans. With tennis, you have basically no Americans, especially on the men's side of notes. And uh, it's usually, it's mostly European guys for uh, golf. It is mainly uh, what it made, it's made up of. And tennis, so you've got guys from Australia and South America and African country. I mean, you got lots of guys from tennis. Seems like there's more international flavor. Golf seems like it's basically uh, United States, Europe, and that's about it. Uh, I'm sure you uh, have, did. You at least look at the video that. Uh, my wife shared uh, with you, asking us to talk about what happened in a doubles match at Wimbledon. Some heckler uh, heckling women's doubles players, and they invited him down, and he put on uh, the little skirt because it's a it's a Wimbledon rule that you have to wear all white. So, it, for some unknown reason, this guy actually puts on the the little uh, white skirt. And he gets a white shirt from somewhere, and then he returned to serve. I mean, this obviously. I mean, we've probably seen some other videos that have made us a little shocked and said, "Okay, what the hell's going on here?" But uh, I mean, for the, I guess I would equate this almost to that heckler at the Ryder Cup last year in Chaska at Hazelton when he was heckling and he drained a putt for I, I don't remember what he won but he got something from him I mean this for him to return a a serve I think that's pretty good especially in the attire that he was wearing yeah it was there was actually a tennis player I heard of out there it was Kim Kleisters out there but I've actually heard of oh yes yes I had no idea she was actually playing, but uh, yeah, funny moment, good moments. Wimbledon and the Masters seem to be the two biggest tournaments for tennis and golf, and they seem to be, uh, I think, very highly of themselves as we're the greatest thing of all time. Things have to be very proper. Uh, so I liked the video because it. Um, well, here, how about this? People that went to that match. It was just going to be a match. Was that for the championship or what? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> no, it was a doubles match. I doubt it was for the championship. Who knows? It may have been. They're going to remember that moment more than any other thing they probably saw that week. Oh, that yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, speaking of uh, golf, you mentioned the, the the Masters. The Open Championship is this week. I am very much looking forward to this tournament. It is my favorite tournament to watch uh, just because I like the link style golf and I like how the weather can change from hole one to hole three. Like, you can be you know, 10, 15 degrees warmer and a 10 to 15 degree wind difference just if within a couple of holes sometimes it seems like. So uh, the weather changes drastically. Uh, I, I'm very much looking forward to the Open Championship this week on the Golf Channel and NBC. Uh, I know you don't watch the majors a whole lot, but uh, will you be tuning in for the Open Championship this week? Yeah, I have not watched a whole lot here these past uh, few months or couple of years. Uh, I might get on board this one. Uh, obviously, Fox sucks that uh, Fox has the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I will watch I, I anticipate watching more of this Than uh, the first two majors The uh, Royal Birkdale Is the, the site of this I'm trying to 
remember who the last guy who, who won there? Uh, I can't even remember. It it was only a few. It was a few years ago. Um, the the name escapes me. But um, yeah, so was it Bobby Jones. Bobby Jones. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't Bobby Jones. That was a little. That, that was a little ways back. Okay. Uh, we'll find it here. Yeah, Brent Snedeker, or not Brent Snedeker, Steve Stricker won it last year. He had a dominating uh, effort. I, be, I mean, it was him and, who was it, Phil Mickelson, or was it uh, Jordan Spieth? No. Steve Stricker won it last year, is that right? St- uh, Henrik Stenson. I'm sorry, Henrik Stenson. Yeah, Henrik Stenson. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's a guy that starts with an S. But he, I mean, he had one of the best uh, championships that we've ever seen. I don't know if I will take him to do it. I would. I mean, I'd like to see Rory or Jordan. Those are always my go-to guys. But I think if we're gonna go with someone, uh, maybe to break through, how about uh, Hideki Matsuyama? Uh, sure. So I'll take him, but uh, I'm I always look forward to this week. I like to get up early. I like to watch the golf, uh, and again, I, I would love to go to Scotland. It is one of my uh, bucket list items to go to Scotland and play some Lynx golf. I have no desire to travel anywhere else in the world, apart maybe the you know to the Caribbean and Scotland. Otherwise. Nothing against the rest of the world. I just don't want to. I don't want to travel, uh, but I would definitely go to Scotland to play golf. Scotland, South Dakota is close to Mitchell. It's like forty minutes away. <laughs> Do they have a link style golf course? They have a golf course. I have no idea what it is. I assume it's a run of the mill golf course in a small town. My pick. I'd look at the odds and take random guys I've never heard of. John Ram and Alexander Norin would be two guys who are near the top ten of the uh, odds. So like John Ram and Alexander Norin to do something. There you go. The one thing I do like about the Open Championship too is that you have so many guys from Scotland and Northern Ireland like you know England Everything like that, you, that they don't always that they're playing on the Europeans tour. They don't always go, uh, you know, play in the states, so you'd never really hear much about them. But it's it's interesting to see these guys that you don't know much about. And I'd still say the best golf shot I've ever seen outside of Tiger's uh, chip on uh, what 16 at the Masters a number of years ago was Miguel Angel Jimenez's shot off the wall uh, to land on the green. Uh, back, uh, I think that was about a half dozen years ago or so, but uh, one of the best shots I've ever seen. Uh, Royal Brookdale last night. It's been a while. It's been almost 10 years. It's been since uh, oh, uh, Patrick okay. Harrington won his second straight open. He beat Ian Poulter by four strokes. There we go. So, uh, Royal Brookdale. Um, it was an 08 yep. and 98 when Marco Mira won. So this is only the third time we've ever seen it played there in our lifetimes or in our. So that's uh, not a course that we've seen a whole lot, which is uh, which is good. Something different. Yep. I mean, you always have the Royal St. George's. The you know St. Andrews is the one everyone knows about. But yeah, Turnberry. 
Turnberry, yes, Turnberry. Uh, Early Liverpool, Murfield. What? Uh, oh, yeah, Murfield. Uh, how could you forget Murfield? Uh, what was the course that uh, uh, Jean uh, Vandeveld shit his pants on uh, on the 18th? Closed the course. Was it? Was it? Uh, was, it uh, was it Andrews? It was Carnoustie. Oh, Carnoustie. Okay. For New State, we also have, let's get one more of these goddamn courses in here. Royal Lithum and St. Anne's. Royal Lithum and St. Anne's. There we go. Excellent. Royal Troon, don't forget about Royal Troon. What I like is you can go back to like the 1890s, and these are the same like six or seven courses that they keep on playing every year, so that's cool. And that's, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Uh, I mean, it's nice to get all the, of course they do go to some more than others. Uh, next year is going to be in St. Andrews. That's you know, essentially the the bur- oh the Carnoustie and it's on the Carnoustie Championship course, so that's next year. But uh, I, yeah, I just it, it's just something about this. You're going back to the birthplace of golf. The bunkers are huge or are big. So I mean, it, good luck getting out of some of these ones. It, it's great. I, I do uh, thoroughly enjoy this week of golf more than any other week. So there's that. Uh, Otherwise, uh, what did you think of the uh, the tour between uh, the, the the media tour last week oh uh, involving uh, Floyd Money Mayweather and Conor McGregor for their fight? Because that certainly made a bunch of headlines. That was fantastic. That was great. Uh, just f bombs galore. Think about this: these two guys went to L.A., Brooklyn, Toronto, London. They're selling out arenas to hear them talk. They're not even fighting. They're putting 15,000 plus in the arenas to hear these guys talk for a half hour. Think about that. I think this fight is going to be absolutely huge. I don't think it's going to be any good, but it's going to be absolutely huge. Do you think that there's more... are, Are people just more excited about the, you know, the... The, the two guys talking with one another, the hype leading up to this, than the actual yes. fight itself. I mean, it, so I guess yes. in a roundabout way, we know it's going to get a lot of pay per view. Uh, you're going to watch it for free. I'm not going to watch it at all. But uh, I, I think more people are interested in just the hype leading up to it more than the actual fight itself. I think that'll better than the actual fight. It's it's very good. Um, you have the. Looking at the fight, you have a possibility of a massive upset. Yep. You have Floyd Mayweather, who's 40 years old, who hasn't fought in, in quite some time, well over a year. Um, you know, so this, this, may be, this may be his last fight. He's looking for, obviously, one more money grab, and it's going to be a big one. And you have Conor McGregor at 28. He's not a boxer. Um, he's a good boxer for MMA so I don't know how he would even like I've said before I don't know how he even makes it close um, I don't know if Mayweather knocks him out early or this is just a boring goddamn fight that goes 12 rounds and it's a bunch of hugging and not a lot happens but uh, it's an intriguing fight because like, if Mayweather wins then he's going to be he's already a huge star he would catapult into I don't recall like like Tom Brady level superstar, like one of the top five guys in this country. But but if he wins, it's going to be a big deal. Mm. But uh, yeah, the, the hype is far out uh, going to be better than this actual fight. 
Agreed. Uh, let, let's talk some baseball now. Let's get to your bread and butter oh here. This is your favorite part of the, you know, your favorite sport, essentially, right? Has, has baseball surpassed uh, football, basketball, anything like that is your favorite sport yep. now? Okay. I would say, yeah, last year, last couple of years, it's, it's been, I, I put it at number one. Uh, I might even put college basketball, college football at number two or three. Very That's good. how much I like that. Uh, when you were a kid, I assume you would have the family meal at some point during the night, most nights. I would what? Have the meal with the family, oh, supper, yeah. 6 yes. o'clock. Yep, so, supper, yep. Would you, have, would, would you have bread and butter on the table? Would you eat bread and butter? Maybe toast and butter? D- or dep- like, no bread? D- depends on the table. Or, or it's, <laughs> the table. Depends on the meal. I mean, if you had spaghetti, of course, you had to have garlic toast there. Oh, uh, sometimes if you have, you know, a, like a roast or something, it's nice to have some bread there. Uh, we'd use some bread and butter to, you know, like to, if we had corn on the cob to... You know, get the butter on nicely. You roll the the corn in the in the bread and the butter, so that was good. Otherwise, I mean, bread was not a staple though of every meal. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. For everybody's information. All right. Okay. So that had nothing to do with baseball, but uh, we just want to talk about bread on the table. Uh, sure. So only one uh, All Star game last week. What did you think of it? Didn't see a whole lot of it. Uh, so the end of it. Um, I was, I was hoping it was going to go 18 innings, but it didn't. Went 10. Fine um, game, 2-1. Not a lot happened. Uh, Irv Santana gave up a run. I had him winning the game, so he, he positioned himself pretty good to win the game. If only they could have scored in the top half of that inning once he went out. I had Sano as the MVP, as you remember, and yep. he did get one of the one of the two runs. So he was, if it's a one nothing game, maybe he wins MVP. Who yep. knows? But it didn't happen, and I had him winning the home under. We came in second, so very close to doing something, but I did nothing. So, made a good game. Uh, ninth inning had some drama with some guys on, and uh, Kimbrell got out of it for the American League, and then Cano hits the home run. Uh, a good time deal for him. He gets trucked. So, that was a home run derby was the story. All-star game, good enough, 2-1. Not a whole lot happened, but sounds like ratings for... Like more people watch the All Star Game than they did NBA All Star Game yes, or did. Pro Bowl, so that's a good deal for baseball. Yep. And uh, more people watch the Home Run Derby than they have in quite some time. So well, overall, a solid All Star break. And especially, I th- do you believe that Aaron Judge helped the All Star Game based on his Home Run Derby performance the night before? Because I certainly think it did. And Major League Baseball yeah. has to be love in the fact that a year after they had the lowest All-Star Game ratings and I don't know how long, maybe ever, uh, nice to see them bounce back and surpass the the terrible NBA All-Star Game and the you know essentially the, the same awful Pro Bowl. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Judge, I think, had a lot to do with that because he was the favorite going in and uh, he's the favorite to be MVP this year. And he won the thing. He lived up to expectations. So, yeah, he was a big story. And um, this was kind of, I mean, we're going to remember this all-star break for him. It was, he was the guy. He's uh, He went one for 18 in the series against Boston. So, a uh, cause for concern there after that uh, surge at the home run derby. Well, I think he's going to slow down a little bit here in the uh, second half. I don't think he's putting up what he did in the first half. Uh, which is Mike Trout-like numbers. Not quite as good as Trout, but the next best thing. So hopefully he gets 50 home runs. I can see that. 
Mets, and um, I think he'll slow down a little bit. The Yankees really need him. Uh, things to be seen what he'll do against the Twins. I don't think the Yankees and Twins have played yet this year. They play. Uh, they play now. Yes, they are. So hopefully he's not a guy like an A-Rod or a litany of other folk that just absolutely murder the Twins, like Jose Batista. Encarnacion, these power hitter guys who it seems like they're good for two or three home runs a series. So. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see. Fat, the... I mean, Fat Bartolo and Judge. What my, my habits. You know, we, my never, habits. we never talk about what we're going to discuss really on the show. We have an idea, but we just kind of go off the cuff here. And literally, you have taken now three things that I was going to say and just leading me right into it. Because I was just going to say, Fat Bartolo's pitching on Tuesday. Sexy sexy cologne. Get your cologne on, people. Fat Bartolo's pitching. Uh, what do we expect from him, not only in this start against the Yankees? I mean, people will know what he did but by the time they listen to this podcast. But what do you well, what do you expect him to do for the Twins? How many starts? Over or under... Five and a half starts for, oh, for Bartolo Colon. Under. I'd put it maybe three and a half or four. I think it's going to be under. I think he's going to get trashed against the I hope I'm wrong because then he's pitching very badly. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to get trashed against the Yankees and he plays faces the Dodgers. How do you think that's going to go? Not good. No. Um, did, you, did you come in between the Dodgers, Yankees, and like Nationals, those are probably the three best offensive teams in baseball. He gets to play two of them. I don't see this going well. Um, I could maybe see him lasting a week. I could maybe see him two starts. Maybe if he gets absolutely killed, I don't think there's a whole lot of reason to keep him around. Right. So let's see. Let's see. Uh, see what he can do here. Um, he throws his fastball every pitch, basically. Um, eighty-nine mile an hour fastball. So Ooh, yeah. if it's controlled. Yeah, if his control is very good, he can do some things. He's 44. It's probably the last team he's ever on. So, could be a fun little run. We'll see what happens. Maybe we're talking uh, two months from now. This guy, is, you know, has an ERA of three and a half, and he's won six, seven games for him. That'd be exciting, but uh, I expect this to be a disaster. I don't expect <laughs> in the last two weeks. When? So, I mean, I. Yeah, when when they when the twi- when the Braves designated Cologne for assignment uh, Cologne for assignment, there was a lot of talk. Oh, is is Bartolo ever going to have another start again? Where were the? How many people do you think would have pegged the Twins as the team to pick him up? I would say they would have been uh, way down on the list. But maybe maybe I'm off on this one because they needed pitching so bad. The Mets, I think the Mets were the team everybody was looking at. And uh, it was somewhat su- a, little, a little surprising that the Twins were the team. But if you go down the list, like, who? I mean, Twins eight pitchers more than anybody. This is all we talk about with the Twins are pitchers. Yep. So it's, I, I didn't think they would do it, but it's it's worth the chance just to see because they have nobody else. So if this is a failure in a couple weeks, they've got to find somebody else. I, I, would, I guess you would... Probably put them in the top five, I suppose. Okay. It's not like there's going to be any any playoff contender that's probably going to pick them up. Um, then you got you know your, your garbage team like the Phillies, whose pitching is starting pitching I like a little bit. The Padres, just garbage, you know, teams like that. I'd say I mean the Twins would probably be 
it make a lot of sense because they just need a guy. The uh, and maybe that's why ESPN's broadcasting game Tuesday night because they oh, want to see Bartolo Colon against the New York. You Yankees. know what? If he does well, this is going to be like the big story of the night. And if he does well, like for the next couple of weeks or a month or two, that's going to be one of the bigger stories in baseball. Hard to believe yep. if this happy shit can do something. There you go. Yeah, as, as you mentioned, they have the Dodgers next week. <laughs> it just oh sucks that they had to play the Astros and the Dodgers within a two-week stretch here following the All-Star break. Uh, I mean, they lose 2-3 or three to the Astros over the weekend. It was they kept things close with Houston. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by what they did. Or I shouldn't say surprised, but you know, it, it was nice to see that they were competitive with them and at least take one game from them. They had the lead on Sunday. Would have been nice to keep that. Uh, apart from the second inning in the game Friday night, where Barrios absolutely imploded, but I mean, the Twins' defense did not help him. I think he only had two earned runs in this, but. Uh, Overall, I would I would say that was good, and I told you that I think July is the pivotal month for the Twins because they have to keep hovering around the Indians, the Royals in there. They're doing about what I expected, and you still have a very tough two weeks here to go with the Yankees, the Tigers, who you would hope they can win at least two of three from the Tigers, but then the Dodgers maybe steal one from LA, and then Oakland. Hopefully, you can win three game, you know, at least two of the three games there. So, Twins are doing about what I expected them to do this month. But I still say, looking at it, this was the pivotal month, and they're doing okay. Yeah, so far so good. I mean, you got to be, you got to be all these bottom feeder teams you mentioned. Got to beat Oakland. Got to win the series. Got to beat Detroit. Uh, the Yankees, not great. Um, you can take two out of three from the. I mean, they're starting garbage city on the mound here on Monday night. So you you got you gotta beat the Yankees two out of three. I'm there. They're in the wild card. This is a this is probably the biggest series of the year for the twins thus far, uh, with the Yankees. So a sweep would be nice. I expect them to take two out of three. I expect them to win four of six on the road trip or on the uh, home stand here. And then you go to next week and you see what happens with the Dodgers. So as long as long as they're a game or two around five hundred come September first I don't see any of these teams leaving the pack. I think 85 games is going to win the wild card, which I think would be the all-time low um, in the past five years. But I think they're going to be there September 1st. I'm going to say it again. Two weeks away from the trade deadline. They need to add a pitcher. Bullpen, starter, otherwise. For this year, for next year. Do it now. You're in the race. You're not going anywhere until further notice. I, so God damn it, do it now. I think that they are going to stay on Pat. I, I really do. I don't, I don't think they want to give up a whole lot. I'm looking more at, you know, free agency. They have got, at the winter meetings, if they don't make a big splash with a pitcher, for, you know, for a starting pitcher, for someone in the bullpen, that's a huge mistake. I, I know we'd like to see them add someone, and they may. But I don't think it's going to be anyone too over the top. I, you know, Sonny Gray is probably the biggest starting pitcher out there right now. Do you foresee the Twins making a run and getting him? Twins have been in that discussion, but it's more now about the Brewers and the Cubs as far as he is concerned. So I don't. I'm, I'm sure they've talked about it, and I'm sure they'd love to have him. And I would love to have him. That's going to take a, a, a decent haul. 
but I don't know. Twins aren't going to get Sonny Gray. I would be very happy if that were to happen. I think he goes to the Cubs or the Brewers. <clears throat> but I think they're going to add a guy that's not going to be a sexy guy. Hopefully it's a good guy. Um, we'll just have to see him. And then Washington made the trade on Sunday for some bullpen guys. I think it's a fantastic trade for Washington. Uh, Cubs have made the big move already. So, yes, because there's there. a lot of guys... That, Go ahead. A lot of bullpen guys out there available. Uh, Oakland was one of those teams. Uh, Washington, maybe Washington might be done. So if they're done, that's good for the Twins. That's another team they don't have to compete with as far as on the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. So once you whittle some stuff down, maybe on the Cubs, if the Cubs are done, if the Brewers make a move, uh, the Dodgers, they might want to add something to their bullpen and just get really good. So the longer the Twins wait, the less options and players there are. But the positive is the less teams they have to compete with for those guys. So I think they're going to add, whether it's a starter or a reliever, they're going to add somebody, and we'll see who it is. There are some people saying that the move by Washington, while good, because it obviously addresses a huge need for them, you know, their bullpen's the worst so far. Uh, Through Sunday, it was a 5.84 ERA. Teams were batting 280 against their bullpen. I mean, that's that's one out of three, essentially. but they were saying that you know, some people are out there saying that you know Sean Doolittle's a little fragile. Uh, you know they do need some more setup guys than anything. Um, I mean, what? Oh, yes, it's a, it's a big move. It's a good move for them. But could they have gotten a better offer anywhere else? Washington gotten better pitchers. Yeah, could Washington have gone elsewhere? Like, and is this going to solve their problems? I think it's I think it's a good move. So, I mean, their numbers are both very good. Uh, the important thing is they're going to be around for next year as well. Matson's getting, you know, 35, 36, so he's pretty old. He's always been good. If you look at what he's done in his career. Uh, Doolittle uh, has been up and down, but he's had a very good year as well. And, I mean, they're getting these guys for not only this year, but for next year. And uh, Doolittle could be there for three or four years. So I think they did very well. Uh, gave up. Some guys would know, like a second-round pick last year. And they, uh, Blake Trinan, who was good last year, has to be better than he has this year. Just I don't believe he's as bad as he is this year. So, and Oakland drafted him to begin with, so they obviously like Blake Trinan. So, South I think Dakota it's a good State. move. I think it's... Huh? South Dakota yes. State. And all of a sudden, like, when, he was, uh, when, when he was there, when we were there, he was throwing like 90, 91... All of a sudden, with the move to the bullpen, he's throwing 98-99. So I don't know where he got that from, but uh, good for him. So I think he'll do well in Oakland. Oakland's got a prospect, too. And I think Washington, um, they've got the best offense, uh, along with the Dodgers. And the Dodgers have the best pitching. So I hope that our uh, championship series, yes, that'd be great. That would be great. Uh, Cubs get Carlos uh, Quintana from the White Sox. So Jose. Jose. Jose, excuse me. Uh, so no frequent flyer miles that uh, Quintana has to you know, transfer over. His, his debut against Baltimore on Sunday was phenomenal. He struck out 12. Cubs swept the Orioles. Now people are talking about, oh, are the Cubs, have the Cubs turned the corner? Are they making their run? I don't know if I can quite go that far yet. Uh, they still have to deal with the Brewers, who I think now people should really start buying into them. But 
I mean, the, the Cubs, at least he can't pitch every game. And the Cubs pitching has stunk so far. Uh, they, and In fact, they nearly blew the lead Friday night against the Orioles after jumping out to an 8-0 lead. So when, when this is all said and done, I, I think certainly the Cubs are going to make that push for the playoffs. I think that they obviously won't go quietly. The Rockies and Diamondbacks seem to be falling on hard times a little bit. So the Cubs are ripe for catching them, uh, as well as the Brewers. But uh, this was certainly a move that the Cubs had to make. They had to give up several good prospects, though. And it makes me wonder, and I'm not trying to set this up as an overreaction or anything, but, I mean, obviously Theo Epstein did an amazing job acquiring the talent that he did, building that farm system up and building the the Cubs to be the young, powerful team that they are. But with you trading all, you know, trading as many prospects as they have, it seems to be a bit of a sign of desperation there in Chicago. Did they perhaps overpay for Quintana? Um, apparently this is the best offer Chicago's gotten, so they took it. So they got a top 10 prospect, and a guy named Jimenez, and another borderline top 100 prospect, so good for them. They have like nine top 100 guys, so White Sox are going to be interesting in uh, three or four years from now. Um, I don't know if this tells me that they're worried that, uh, you know, they need something to catch Milwaukee. Milwaukee's won 13 of 16. They're rolling right now. Uh, but they're still only up four and a half games, so the Cubs are getting closer. And like you said, just the Rockies are falling apart, and Arizona, I think, lost 11 of 14. So they're coming back to the pack, and a wild card might be interesting here. I uh, didn't think it would be. Um, but Cubs, they're in a win-now mode. They haven't won in a long, long time, and they've got uh, one of the best systems in baseball. So they're like, all right, we're going we're gonna to continue to go for this. And you know, and their, their prospects are pretty much all up right now. They've still got a couple to come up. But um, like they're like the Red Sox where, with Epstein. And, I mean, they're going to – if they need a guy, they can go out and give them $200 million and they're going to spend money. So wouldn't it be nice to be a fan of a team – that did that. That well, we need a starting pitcher. We're going to go get one of the one of the two or three best starting pitchers. We're not going to worry about money. We're not going to worry about well. We're going to develop this guy five years from now. We're going to do that too. But we're also going to go out and and sign you know John Lester and all these guys. Right. So, yeah. Too bad. Too bad. Well. Yeah. Well, just look at who the owners are. Look at. I mean, Minnesota is very rarely ever uh, broken the piggy bank to get the guys. Mikey, the Vikings were kind of like that. They got Jared Allen. They would go out. They would get. They would. The Vikings got some pretty high-profile guys. They had a pretty high payroll, and uh, they did well. They just didn't win the whole thing. But uh, I'd say the Vikings are the only Minneapolis team that have actually spent money and gotten like legitimate. You know, they, they spent twenty million for far. Like, we got to win now, and they got very close. Baseball is the, I think, the one sport. If we're looking at why athletes aren't attracted to Minnesota. I think weather is certainly a factor. I think that's maybe overstated a little bit too much. Uh, but, I mean, it's certainly not a destination like in New York or Los Angeles. You can't you can't build your profile up a whole lot there. But baseball would be the one sport where I don't think that matters as much because you aren't going to play baseball when it's – 20 below zero or you know 30 degrees maybe you'll have a couple of games where they're in the upper 30s low 40s in april or october but 
I mean, certainly, I, I think if the owners were willing to spend a little bit more money, then a, no free agent would have a problem coming up to play for the Twins, provided that they're going in the direction, uh, you know, a, a positive direction. Like their biggest free agent signings ever have been Ricky Alasco for about $50 million and Herb Santana for about $50 million. One worked out great. One worked out terribly. I'll even figure out who's who. Besides that, they never have ever signed anybody for $50 million. When they've given Lowry's big contract, as far as getting a free agent from another team, it's just non-existent. They just don't do that. So, I mean, they're so far behind. I, I would imagine, I'd like to go in through this and see, are they the only team that's never had a, a $100 million free agent contract from another team? I don't know. There's, I can't base probably on that list. I bet, no, I um, bet Evan Longoria has over $100 million with them. Oh, I, from another team, from another oh, team. Oh, sure, okay, okay. Because, you know, Mauer had the $200 million deal or whatever, and um, as far as getting a player from another team and bringing them in... I don't think Tampa Bay has done that. I, think, I don't think Kansas City's ever done that. Um, it's not a very long list. Yeah, Oakland maybe. It's not a long list, and it's the team, you know, the, the normal teams that you would expect. But Twins are so goddamn far behind the times as far as spending. I would like to hope if you and me were owners, and we were worth, you know, five hundred million or however much these guys are worth. We would maybe take it in the shorts a couple of years and maybe lose 20 or $30 million yep. if we could put a good team on the field. I would think that's worth the investment. We could lose tens of millions of dollars. It doesn't matter to us. We'd like to see a team worth a damn. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. One that's going to compete for championships because it means fans are going to be invested and they're going to pay good money yep. to, to go watch the team. Uh, you're going to buy your merchandise a little bit more. Uh if you ask people that don't live up here what it's like to live up here, I, I assume the first thing they're going to say is it's, it's really cold. And here it's, it's fucking 100 degrees today. It's hotter than shit summer. Um, it, it is very cold, but it's also very hot. It's yes. hot as anywhere in the country outside of Arizona and Vegas and Florida and Texas. And it's as cold as any place in the country outside of fucking International Falls. So it's the, it's the best of both worlds. Well, International Falls is still technically part of Minnesota. Oh, yes, yes. So, oh, yeah, as far as, yeah, South Dakota and area. Yeah. The, outside of the Canadian border, more than five miles. Do you think the Twins' issue, too, is that... You know, back when they were in their heyday in the early 2000s and, you know, winning all of those AL division titles, getting to the playoffs as often as they did, you know, with the, the Luis Rivas's, the, the Christian Guzman's, uh, you know, Corey Kosky, uh, Torrey Hunter and the like. Those were guys that, I mean, they had a really good farm system there. And I, st- and I still say that their downfall was in the first year of Target Field where... Can trading for Brian Fuentes again? I'm going to ship a bag of mess to Fargo. Well, I was going to, that's what I was going to say. I mean, they, they went all in for a couple of guys. Now, they went all in for a couple of guys. They ultimately, what, did they get swept by the Yankees that year? Yep. I don't look at what they gave up for, for Brian Fuentes. They didn't give up anything for him. Okay. They gave up. They had to give up Wilson Ramos for uh, to the Nationals for for someone too, right? Didn't they have to give up? Uh, or was yeah, that, that was a couple that. years that a, later? 
Yep, that was a um, terrible, the terrible closer. So it was one of the worst. Pitches. Yep. So uh, uh, Matt I, Caps, Matt Caps. That's what. That's I guess what I'm alluding to or getting to here is the fact that ever since that first year at Target Field. They haven't made sound decisions. They haven't gotten a very good farm system until recently here. But it's all guys. It's all position guys. You need pitchers. And you would hope the team would go out and spend that sort of money. So I, I just back in the day, you know, in the early 2000s, they were very sound with what they did. They need to get back to that. But as you mentioned, they also need to spend some money, you know, not like the Yankees of the 90s and the early 2000s when the Twins were right there with them, but they do need to change something, but it would be nice if they went back sort of to their roots to develop the guys and have them succeed at the next level, not like Byron Buxton. Their position players are pretty much set. Right. So they're pretty much all homegrown guys. I mean, the pitching, they don't have anything for pitching. I would say what I'm interested in is you look at how baseball has changed in the last couple of years. Uh, lots of strikeouts, lots of home runs, and guys throwing 100 miles an hour. Um, Twins home runs are not bad. They don't have any strikeout guys. They don't have anybody that throws in the high 90s. So they have been behind the times again. Um, you look at the Timberwolves. Three-point shooting is what basketball is right now. They don't have any three-point shooters. Uh, you look at what the Vikings are. It's a passing game in the NFL. Vikings are light on the run game all, all, all these years, and it didn't get them anywhere. So it seems like all these Minnesota teams are playing uh, the, the sports the way they were played 10 years ago. Uh, you got to get up with the times here. You got to be aware of the changes, what the hell is going on in the evolution of sports, for Christ's sake. And all these teams can't do it. So, I mean, the Twins are historically low in the past 20-odd years as far as strikeouts per nine innings. Mm-hmm. And if you're not striking guys out, you're going to have a hard hell of a time winning games. And um, if you're not missing bats, that's not good for you. I mean, they would have all these guys that would pitch to contact. And, and I would listen to the games, and the announcers were like, yeah, pitch to contact. How goddamn stupid is that? You want the guy to hit the ball? Fuck no, I don't want the guy to hit the ball. Pitch to contact. How stupid is that? You want to do the opposite. You want the guy to not hit the ball. That's the name of the game. Don't hit the ball. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. By the way, uh, you know, it's, you're talking about Minnesota teams being behind the times. Uh, I am very intrigued. I would like to get uh, Bruce Arians book, The Quarterback Whisperer, because he is not a fan of spread quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Coming out of college, he wants someone more under center because he says that, uh, they don't have to take any leadership, essentially. They don't have to call plays. They just look to the sidelines. They don't have to talk to anyone. So just look at a play and there's SpongeBob and a you know a block of cheese or whatever. So I mean I I think uh, he is right in the, but uh, unfortunately he seems like he's going to be behind the times cuz it seems as though the NFL is going to have to draft a lot of these spread uh, spread option quarterbacks, which is a shame because that uh, it it's not real good football to watch, especially in the Big 12 where the defenses are absolutely atrocious. But I digress. Uh, do the Twins have to face Kershaw this uh, on uh, next week in their three-game series? They do not. Thank God. Thank God. I'm so I'm so disappointed. Buxton's on the DL. I would have died to see a Kershaw, the best pitcher of the past 20 years against the one of the 
five worst offensive players in baseball. Would he so Would he have struck out every single at bat? What I want is to see him up there until he gets a hit or makes contact <laughs> in the fifth plate. It's just screw the balls, screw the strikes. You're up there until you get a hit. So, so no foul balls or anything pitches. like that. If it takes 25 pitches, so be it. We're here all night. Okay. I like it. I like that a lot. Uh, anything else baseball related? Trade deadline. Excited for that. Like the story, trade deadline is going to be pitchers and bullpen. Everybody's going to try to get the pitchers and the bullpen ready. So that's what we're looking forward to. Couple other, a couple of NFL notes to get to here quick. Uh the Panthers. I have an NFL note, believe it or not. I have an NFL note. Well, that's, it's, that's, uh, I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's something on your list. Okay. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater through without a knee brace. People are going nuts about that. Uh, pump the brakes. Uh, still Sam Bradford's team. Uh, we'll just see what happens with Teddy Bridgewater. Well, the, the pup list seems to be kind of where people are thinking he's going, but it's great to see him there, uh, and I hope he can come back. Uh, Mike Zimmer's eye is okay. So things are looking up on hey. the Vikings injury front. Our quarterback can walk and our coach can see. We are primed for big things. Uh, any reason why Bridgewater can't play this year? He seems to be, I mean, as much as video, 10 seconds of video and pictures can tell you, seems to be going well. The, uh, any reason why he can't be starting late in the year? No, but I mean, if Sam Bradford's playing well, you can't take that away from him. So, sure. I mean, but another discussion for another day is who's starting next season for the Vikings. Is it Bridgewater? Is it somebody else? Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Well, he's he's, he's the guy on my list. They're not uh, who I would. I don't know if I'd want him, but um, is that where you were going? You you wouldn't like that. You wouldn't like that. (laughs) Well, I mean. I don't know what the hell Washington's deal is. I know. <laughs> They've not been good for a long time, and they finally got a quarterback worth a damn, and they don't want him. Like, if he has another good year, you got to give him his $25 million. I mean, that's the going right for a, a, a good quarterback. It, it, <laughs> if he signs a franchise what, tag next year, do you know how much he's going to make? Or Yeah, if they franchise him. At $34 million. Probably, Yeah. I mean, sign this guy. What he's, he's not getting any younger, and if he's out on the open market, I can't remember the last time there's been a quarterback out there this good. I mean, that just doesn't happen. Teams do not do this. Uh, Drew Brees, who is has been remarkably better with the Saints than he was with the Chargers. He was out there. Uh, Culpepper coming off his knee was out there. And this was 10 years ago. Since then, I can't remember a time. There was a quarterback in his prime out there. That never happens. And uh, regarding Cousins, they did, and Washington's got some issues with the GM. Remember, uh, their GM was out. Uh, Bruce Allen. It's just dysfunctional. It, it, it's very uh, – it, it plays well into the fact that uh, D.C. is so uh, – Dysfunctional as well, so I think it plays well in there. I mean, I don't. I mean, Cousins, I don't think wants to go there. There's talk about maybe he'll go to the Rams or the 49ers. 49ers oh are the most God. likely team that are linked to him because he could reunite with Kyle Shanahan. Uh, the 49ers have no quarterbacks, by the way. I don't know if you've looked at this, but uh, Brian Hoyer is yeah. going to be their starter potentially, or or Matt Barkley. Oh God. Uh, well, 
I mean, we're, we're in tank mode here. We're in tank mode if we're in San Francisco. I think that the Jets might have them beat. Uh, a couple other things here. Uh, I don't. Was that the thing you wanted to discuss, or did you have something else? No, that was Kirk Cousins. Okay. Uh, very interesting. Yeah, it, it. I think he doesn't I'm want sure to Vikings, be. I'm sure the Vikings will be. I'm sure there'll be a story in the next two months. Kirk yeah. Cousins to the Vikings. I'm almost positive of it. Yeah, I. I don't think he wants to stay in Washington, but it's hard to turn down that money. I think he wants a clear vision from the team. I think he wants a clear vision from Dan Snyder. I think he doesn't want to play for the Washington Racists. So, uh, I mean, how would you feel about? Let's say Bradford has his normal Bradford year, which is good. Um, you know, but not great. Bridgewater is a complete toss-up. I can't see them not giving Teddy. I mean, they'll give Teddy a chance to do yes. this thing. So, probably just bad timing as far as uh, Cousins is concerned. Yep, I I would agree, but it's still something you have to look out for down the line. Uh, the Panthers fired their general manager, David Gettleman. Uh, to much rejoice by uh, ex-Panthers such as Steve Smith and D'Angelo Williams. Uh, obviously, Gettleman was not well-liked by them for uh, just not really working. He was not player-friendly. And you have guys such as Thomas Davis, their linebacker, and Greg Olson, their tight end, who are up for new deals. And Olson was considering holding out. So I... I don't. Yes, Gettleman did a great job in getting the Panthers to three playoff appearances in four years. They were six and ten last year, but that's not why they're firing him. At least I, I don't think that's why Panthers owner Jerry Richardson's firing him. He's firing him because he is risk. He knows that there is a legitimate risk that Greg Olson and Thomas Davis may not be there with the team if they can't resign. You know if they won't sign a long-term deal and Gettleman's had a hard line in the sand. So I applaud this decision by the Panthers to get rid of this asshole. Why do they not want these guys? I think he just, he doesn't want to overpay or I don't know what his, I don't know what his deal is, but you, I mean, Steve Smith, when, when you think of Carolina Panthers, how many names come to mind before Steve Smith? Nine. Nine, okay. I don't want to ask you to name nine, but uh, but Thomas Davis has done so much for them throughout his you know throughout his career. There, I mean, he played in the Super Bowl with a broken arm for goodness sakes. I mean, so I, if you're not willing to work with the players, I, I mean, just, you gotta have better. You gotta have a relationship with the players, and it can't just be strictly business. Uh, you, you gotta work with them a little bit. This guy, Greg Olson, you like him. Yep. He's, he's very good. Um, he's 32. Um, Thomas Davis is 34. So I think he doesn't want to sign them or whatever because they're old. So I, I, I mean, I would not give either of these two guys any new deals. Especially Thomas Davis, 35 at the end of this season, and Greg Olson being 33 at the beginning of the next season. I mean, I, I'm not signing anybody, with rare exceptions to more than a one-year deal when you're 33 or 34 years old. Okay. I, so that, I, that would be my routine. I guess I, I look at it a little differently. I'm sure there's going to be a slight hometown discount, but look at the production that Greg Olson has had over the last Very few good. years, especially with Cam Newton. I mean, that that's the, one of the top duos in in the the NFL, maybe the top duo. So... I, I think you just have to you sign Olsen. He does a lot for the community. There's something, something too, about goodwill. And you want players to come back. If you look at, I mean, hell, I don't oh, yeah. know how they got Julius Peppers back. But 
they, they, oh, they he's did. old as shit too. He is, but he left on some sour notes too. And I don't. Gettleman wasn't there. I don't think, or maybe it was his first year there. Um, so it's it's just interesting. Uh, it really is. Uh, final NFL note. Did I you, oh sorry. You, you, you mentioned Goodwill. I mean, there's one in Mitchell. I like to go there every couple of months just to see what the new have new. Uh, <laughs> Not bad. I enjoy it. And the Dakota Boys Ranch too, and everything. I think that's uh, kind of right. Dakota right along Boys there. Ranch. What are you talking? Well, there's a Dakota Boys Ranch. It's it's got like it's like a Goodwill. Where's this at? Uh, there are some in Fargo and Moorhead. In Fargo, well, goddamn. Yeah. Uh, last NFL note: that Ezekiel Elliott uh, reportedly punched a man in the nose at a bar in Dallas on Sunday. He's already uh, bracing for a suspension for a domestic uh, violence or assault case that has not had any criminal charges filed yet. But the NFL has been dragging this on ever since he actually ever since last year at this time. So, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott apparently not the smartest dude in the book. Uh, I mean, he's going to be suspended, but the, if he really did punch a guy in the face, broke his nose, as TMZ has kind of reported, no criminal charges have been filed yet, but inevitably they will at this point, I have to imagine. Uh, Elliot, uh, he may be getting four games, maybe more. What a dumb shit. Better than punching a woman, so I'll give him that small well, thing there. That's not but, a, uh, Yeah. Well, it is. It's, it's better than there. You don't want to punch the woman. Don't no. do that. Yep. Uh, don't beat the kids with the sticks. Um, he had the pot problems last year, rumors last year. Not good. Uh, he had an amazing rookie year. Don't, don't fuck this up, guy. Um, get shirts that go all the way down to the belly button. That's not good. Um, there was, I heard on the radio down here, in southern part of the state, South Dakota. Uh, so I, mean, I believe this was a, a situation of a guy hyping something up because it's the middle of July. He's got nothing to talk about. Doesn't want to talk baseball, so let's get up. Get a Viking thing going for a day to waste some time. He thought Michael Floyd four game suspension was a huge deal. It's, you know, it's, it's a huge deal. I've got this guy Peg Cat. No question, their fifth receiving option. I don't think it matters whatsoever. I would put the over under at twenty catches for this guy. I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to factor in at all. I mean, I I think it, I was bracing for a two game suspension. Uh, NFL doubled that. I I don't know if it's because he uh, if he got that extra arrest for the Kubacha tea, Kambuku tea. So stupid. It it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, you got feel in there. I think what this does, though, uh, I think this gives Jarius Wright another opportunity to to emerge, and I I would like to see that. Though he is more of the slot guy. You're gonna have Stephon Diggs and Thielen on the outside. Rudolph. Uh, yeah, you got Rudolph. You got a couple other guys. So, interested to see what they do. Uh, but Michael Floyd, I think, can make an impact on this team, provided he uh, stays off the booze. One last note, for me at least. Uh, watch the ESPYs last week. I don't know why I still do, but I, I do. Watch uh, what? The ESPYs. I watched them last week. Oh, the ESPYs. Lord. Recorded them, fast-forwarded through a lot of it. Uh, there was no, like, really huge political speech this year or a long speech or parts that I was truly uncomfortable by, which is good. Uh, I was very impressed, and I loved Peyton Manning's monologue. I told you about this. Uh, you watched it. You said it was good. Uh, it, yes. It was... 
he needs to host stuff like this more because he has a knack for it. He's funny in a very serious... I mean, it, leading up to it, it looked like he was just going to be serious most of the time. Uh, but then he comes out and makes cracks at John Cena and Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. He did very good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed Peyton Manning hosting the 25th SBs. He should do Santa live next year again. He'd be yep. very good at that again. Um, yeah, he's maybe the funniest athlete there is out there. He's very good. He's on all the commercials. He made fun of that. Uh, he's up there for, you know, 12 minutes. And uh, I was, he's, he's one of the best. I don't know who would be better than him. Do you do you think Kevin Durant was legitimately pissed or was uh, with that joke, or do you think that Peyton Manning had let said, "Hey, I'm going to be saying something about you. Play it off like you're a little upset." Uh, what, what do we think about that? I I'll believe it. I don't think he was real pleased with it. I mean, he got up there to give a speech for whatever the hell it was, clenched performance or, or whatever the fuck it was, and. It was pretty much thank you, good night. Wasn't much of a speech from Durant, so I don't think he was real pleased with it. So his mom sure was laughing right next to him. His mom's on the line. I suppose he's married. Uh, maybe he's not. Maybe he's got a girlfriend. I don't know. But uh, Ma Durant was right there, and uh, he, he didn't seem too pleased. Uh, I'm sure him and Westbrook will patch things up when they're done playing. It's going to be quite a ways from now, but um, neither looked too happy. Good, uh, good deal, though. Good yep. Very good, very good. So Peyton Manning, job well done. Uh, two thumbs up. Anything else before we say so long for the week? Mm, should be it. All right. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, we still haven't gotten your thoughts too much. We'll wait maybe until later on in the season or in the year. Uh, with, uh, I don't know if we talked about a little bit, but uh, with Trey Wingo and Mike Golick in oh, November, yeah. yep. we'll have a show. So I mean, you're very excited about that. Trey Wingo and... Big Mike. Yeah, Trey Wingo. End of an era. He, well, yeah, we'll get into that another time as we as that approaches closer. Um, I, I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of Trey Wingo. I think he just tries too hard to be comical, and he comes across as loud. And he's got a big mouth, kind of a bit of an asshole from time to time. I like Mike Golick. I like uh, Mike Golick Jr. Uh, by the way, uh, the Golicks, uh, congratulations to them. Their son, Jake, got married over the weekend in South Bend, so congratulations to the Golick family. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know why uh, Mike Greenberg's doing this, but um, I am. Okay, has any, I mean, they shifted guys around before, and I don't think it's ever worked. They've given guys their own show. I think Scott Van Pelt, I think his thing has worked with SportsCenter. Yep. That's been good. Uh, maybe this will work with Little Mike in the morning. But um, Bomani Jones is getting his own show. On, on, on the TV? On the TV, yeah. Besides his radio What's show. Because it, 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 he, he's no longer doing uh, Highly Questionable with uh, Poppy and Dan Levitard anymore uh he's moved to new york so he's got a show coming up at some point here uh either later this fall or early next year twins have done or not the twins for christ's sake espn they've done some good things for the past year or so shifting guys around uh regardless of their massive cuts to staff it was a good decision as far as shows are concerned for the most part I've, i've enjoyed what they've done but um 
just some questionable things. I mean, I know no team. Like, at, at some point, the duo of you and me is no longer going to be on the sports block. Who's going to replace us? I mean, no, there's just no uh, replacing us. Nick Wax. Oh, God. And Brady Mallory. Oh. <laughs> one of our two close personal friends. Yes. Uh, I think he's only right. Yeah. Um, boy. Boy, that that would that would be something. Uh, With a special a special guest and a guy that fills in every once in a while, the old rifle Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's get Pete in there. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, I just think you know, ESPN. There there are a few things that are more popular on on the network than Mike and Mike in the morning. I would say. Uh, they have a massive following. I don't know why you would break that up. I don't think it was getting stale. So it, it does confuse me a little bit. Uh, but I do know they were talking about moving the show to New York here last year, and then that why? fell apart. I mean, they, they, uh, they were going to do... That never happened. They were, they were going to re Why? Yeah, they were going to change it, and that never happened. Yeah, I, I don't know. It sounds like that's where Greenberg's show will be, though, is in New York. They're like Times Square, so maybe he'll do... I, I don't I don't know I don't begin to try and figure it out. However, speaking of ESPN and the, the, the moving parts and everything that have shifted, uh, Mark Schlereth has abruptly left ESPN and joined Fox Sports. So congratulations, uh, you're joining Skip Bayless, Colin Coward, and the like. So congratulations, uh, Fox once again poaching the ESPN talent, but then ESPN. I don't know if you've heard this. It sounds like it's getting Katie Nolan, who uh, used to be the really? co-host of Garbage Time. This is all, uh, I think I read this, uh, Richard Deitch or um, yep. uh, something here. Uh, Sports Illustrated, he is locked in uh, with regards to uh, sports media and the like. Yep. It does sound like Katie Nolan, uh, whose Garbage Time show on FS1 got you know canceled or what for whatever reason, uh, but it sounds like she could be uh, going to ESPN. So I would think that definitely the addition of Katie Nolan is uh, weighs more than the the loss of Mark Schlereth. She's really good. Good move for her. Good pickup for ESPN. Mark Schlereth. He doesn't matter. Uh, There's no question about it. No, no, no question about it. Sec. No question about it. Uh, you've seen what Fox Sports has done on their website. Yep. And do you, you know, the Horowitz, is it Horowitz? Uh, the guy got fired. Fox you know, Fox Sports fired their guy, and this was days after uh, they made the announcement that they are going away from written content and going strictly digital, uh, which was a terrible idea. Uh, so they did that for whatever reason. Um, now and they, uh, J- Jamie Horowitz. It, now it was determined that there's a sexual assault case because who isn't uh, doing any th- you know sexual assaults at Fox these days, whether it be Fox News or F- FS1. Uh, there just seems to be the culture there does not seem to be very good. Um, but yeah, it's very difficult to to not sexually assault. Yeah, it must be. Uh, 
So that's the issue there at, at Fox. Now, I think they're saying that they fired him more because of this, uh, you know, the, because of their investigation regarding the sexual assault. But I, with how the announcement was received and the number of layoffs that Fox Sports did to their, you know, their writing department and stuff, uh, I don't know if I would hope they would go back to written content because it's certainly not a good move, I don't think, to go strictly digital. Even though we are headed towards that way, I still like to read stuff. I don't want to have to listen to video constantly. Uh, I have to think that decision factored, uh, at least in part, besides this whole sexual assault investigation. Yeah, but there's no reason to go to that site. I would never watch any of their videos. You like to watch, read some stuff. But, I mean, they've, I think Fox Force 1 has pretty much been a failure since they've got going a couple years ago. And they've made numerous changes. They've changed formats. And now it's not good. So, um, what, what, a, what a goddamn failure. I mean, not to say ESPN is right for the picking, but... Uh, ESPN is obviously not at their peak right now. And look at all those guys ESPN got rid of. Mm-hmm. And did they pick up did they pick up any of them? I don't think they picked up any of them. I mean so many guys they got rid of. Quality guys. And you go for Mark Slareth. Christ. <laughs> yeah. uh, you got guys like you got guys like Ken Rosenthal. I mean what the hell is he gonna do now? He's got nowhere to write. So just just terrible. He's Stupid just, decision. He's just gonna Nasty. he's just gonna report on the Fox telecast there with Joe Buck. And I think this is this could be a decision. Uh, maybe we can talk about this next week because I'm sure not a whole lot's gonna be going on. Or sometime later on, uh, maybe we can combine this with the whole Trey Wingo and Mike Golick thing because that's what kind of started all of this. But if you're looking at the various sports networks out there, they all seem to be trying to do it a little differently. And I think it works for most of them. Uh, and I'm looking at NBC Sports Network, CBS Sports, uh, FS1, and then ESPN. If there's any other sports networks out there that are trying to compete with that, uh, we could certainly talk about it. But if we're looking at those four, I would say, for the most part, they each do things well. But how do you... I mean, no one's going to top ESPN, it would appear, so, I mean, what what do you do? But ESPN is shrinking. So, what does that do for the rest of these networks? I think it, I think it would make for a candid and interesting discussion here uh, next week or uh, later on. Like the like CBS, I put at the bottom of that barrel. Um, they, I think they've got some like radio shows on. They've got some kind of garbage basketball on. There's not a whole lot for CBS. There's not a whole lot there. Mountain West basketball, it's not great. Fox Ohio Valley, too. Don't forget the Ohio Valley, our Tennessee States and Austin Peas of the world. It's just high-quality basketball. Um, Fox Sports is all debate crap, which is not interesting to me. Um, and UFC, I think, is probably their biggest drawing thing, which is okay. Uh, NBC has Dan Patrick in the morning, which is fantastic. Yep. Got a lot of obscure sports, racing, and Tour de France, and shit I don't care about whatsoever. So that's not good. Uh, but the hockey, when they've got the hockey, that propels them up, except uh, in, in, in the playoffs. Their big thing is hockey. So it's a, it's a little different. God forbid if any one of them got a football game, an NFL game of some note. I can't imagine that happening anytime soon. But if they were, that'd be a big boost to them. And I would love to see what... Uh, I'm interested to see what happens with, with the NFL contract and ESPN and... Um, Cutting all these jobs and what what's uh, Monday Night Football and ESPN 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're not going to get rid of football, but uh, interested to see what they do. Absolutely. It's going to be very intriguing to see what uh, what happens to the next TV contracts because now Seattle's and Viagra aren't uh, buying ad time uh, for the uh, NFL this season. So this is a terrible. No more uh, erectile dysfunction commercials. We can all be a little more comfortable watching uh, football again. What thing is, it's, it's uh, the, the get your dick heart bill. <laughs> they call it erectile dysfunction. What a fucking name. Erectile dysfunction. That's the sign. It's scientific. The uh, erection of a erectile dysfunction. Yeah. What a name! What a name! That's Something why, to put on TV. That's why we go ED. Job. <laughs> All right. With that, we'll say so long. We'll have plenty to talk about next week. Enjoy the Open Championship. Enjoy the baseball trade deadline. Go Twins. My hot take to end the show. LeBron James. This is his last year in Cleveland. Well, you know what? After t- today's report, uh, the report in USA Today on Monday that he's uh, that he's not happy with what Cleveland's doing, certainly could see that happening. And the Rockets are for sale, so Who? the Houston Rockets are for sale. Jesus Christ, everything in Houston's for sale. My God, Leslie Alexander putting them up. Okay. You and I just uh, let's let's check out our couches, find one point six billion dollars, and we'll buy the Rockets. Mm. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, my friend. All right, we'll see you later. Travis Crins, co-host of the Sports Block podcast, as well as the 2080 Baseball podcast, which you can both find on iTunes. So, good show today. One a little longer. I thought you know, I thought we were wrapping up, and here we start talking about ESPN and uh, you know Fox Sports One. It's just. There will be more to discuss regarding this here. We'll, we'll maybe talk about that next week or subsequent weeks after. Soon we'll be doing college football preview in the NFL. Good stuff as always. Reminder, again, you can listen to this podcast online on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block podcast. Remind you, there is some swearing involved. We're not saying we're a PG podcast. We're hard-nosed, talking sports, as well as putting bread and butter on your dinner table. So, appreciate Travis's uh, insight as always. A great friend, good uh, as always, the co-host of this uh, fine podcast with me. Uh, we might get fined by the FCC, but that's okay. Set up a GoFundMe account. Anyway, uh, find us on iTunes. Sports Block Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken. Also on Facebook, Nathan Stacken. Have a link posted to it later, uh, middle to later part of the week, as we always do. Uh, thank you for listening. And again, uh, Travis's 2080 Baseball Podcast that he does with Evan H. Because I forget his last name every time. Uh, you can find that on iTunes as well. Great baseball podcast. So definitely take a listen to that. Uh, but thank you to you, the listening audience. We hope you enjoyed this, and we hope you listen again next week here on another edition of the Sports Blog Podcast. Keep enjoying summer. Stay cool out there. You've been listening to the Sports Blog Podcast. Nathan Stacken wishing you a good night and a pleasant tomorrow. <laughs>